And hello, everyone, and welcome to the Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition. I'm Vic Batista, along with Nathan Jones, and we're transmitting live from our various networks here on www.twave.tv. Thank you for tuning in for today's program as we're beginning a brand new series in the book of Zechariah. As we look at God's mighty angels in the book of Zechariah, looking back to the prophetic future. And of course, our lines will be open. The local number is 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. Join the Q&A by texting in with your questions or your comments. But before we continue, I'm going to ask Nathan Jones if he will open us up with a word of prayer. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much for this beautiful day. We just celebrate you, Lord, and we ask that you open up our minds and our hearts to know you better through the study of the book of Zechariah. Bless all those listening, and Lord, we just praise you in your precious name. Amen. Amen. Again, you tune into The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy TV Radio Edition with Vic Batista and Nathan Jones. And thank you for tuning in for today's program. Today's program is sponsored by Calvary Chapel Aventura, Calvary Chapel Brow, and The Truth Will Set You Free Ministry. And you can find more information here on www.twave.tv. But before we continue, I'm going to welcome Nathan Jones to our program. Nathan, always a pleasure to have you. How are you today? Always a pleasure to be on with you, brother. I'm doing well yourself. I am doing fantastic. I feel like we just finished our program like an hour or two ago, but it's already been a week, right? <laughs> You're not kidding. Time goes by very quickly, doesn't it? Well, but it, it's all good, right, Nathan? You and I will always have a, a lot of fun in our program, and maybe someone is new to the program, and they're wondering, who are these two guys? Can you share a little bit about your ministry, Nathan, and what you do there? Sure. Uh, my name is Nathan Jones. I'm the Associate Evangelist and Web Minister with Lamb and Lion Ministries. We're a Bible prophecy teaching ministry. Our mission is to proclaim the soon return of Jesus Christ. Folks can check us out at our website at christandprophecy.org or lamblion.com. There we have a wealth of information to teach you Bible prophecy, um, many of it uh, produced by our founder and director, Dr. David Reagan. We have a television show, Christ and Prophecy. We have many articles. We have blogs, newsletters, social networks. Oh, boy, all sorts of good stuff. Podcasts, but uh, the one we're doing now. And uh, we just hope that you'll uh, check it out, landline.com or christandprophecy.org, and therefore grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Oh, thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And for those of you that are watching us live via www.twave.tv, if you see that picture of those two guys back there, that is Nathan Jones and myself. And, yes, we actually do work sometime, right, Nathan? <laughs> well, I'm trying to watch the live. <laughs> That's how I get to see it. <laughs> well, Nathan, this week I posted a picture that I took with you in your office when we visited you there at Lamb and Lion in Texas. That's good. I like how you say that, that the study of prophecy should be fun. It's true. So many people turn it into gloom and doom and death and destruction. And rather, you always bring a nice, positive spin to it. And, and uh, you, you show us that there's hope in the Bible prophecy. And I love that, man. We do have a lot of fun. It, it sure is, Nathan. And that's why we want to encourage anyone that maybe just tuned in for the first time. We always have a lot of fun. Yes, we take things seriously. But we believe that the Lord is coming very, very soon. So therefore, we need to have our hope in Him and not worry so much. Right, Nate? Because Bible prophecy is good news. That it is. That it is. It is the good news that Jesus Christ will win. Victory is assured. And because Jesus Christ wins, all those who have put their faith and trust in Him will win as well. Woo, that is super cool. And of course, Nathan, thank you for sharing uh, a little bit about the ministry. Just in case people need some extra resources. Nathan, I'm also so excited because you and I have finished a number of series. We did a series in God's Mighty Angel in the book of Revelation and in the book of Daniel. We finished a verse-by-verse -verse Bible prophecy study in 1 Thessalonians and 2 Thessalonians. And 
Now we're going to do the same in the book of Zechariah. But you, you started posting uh, some of those uh, incredible teachings that you and I did. Uh, can you talk to us a little bit about the podcasts that are coming up there? Well, uh, on lamblion.com or christandprophecy.org under media, we have podcasts, and many of them are our television yeah. show, Christ and Prophecy. The radio interviews that both Dr. Reagan and myself have done at the various radio stations or Bible prophecy ministries. But we also have everything here that Vic and I do, and that is our weekly Truth Will Set You Free Bible Prophecy Radio Edition podcast. Folks can check that out. We've just begun podcasting a series that Excellent. Vic and I uh, did a oof, number of months ago on the Mighty Angels of Revelation. And folks can also not only listen, but read it as day by day we go through each chapter and point out God's mighty angels in our blog, which is called the ChristandProphecyBlog.org. So just go to ChristandProphecyBlog.org or check out our Facebook page at Lamb uh, Lion Ministries and you can read daily this as well. So we, again, we want to get that information out. And brother, I know here on uh, T-Wave.org and T-Wave.tv you keep an archive of these, right? Absolutely, and that's why whoever is tuned in, they can actually catch that on our website, www.twave.tv, and they can find all our programs there, most of them anyway, and even these that we're going to be doing today. So we try to, we, we try to keep up with you, Nathan. Well, good, brother. I'm trying to keep up with you. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, we're just sharing resources for anyone that is uh, tuned in so that you can grow in the knowledge of the Lord and in biblical prophecy. It's very exciting. Nathan, I am so excited about opening up here in the book of Zechariah. Now, you yourself oftentimes call this a mini book of Revelation. And as we look here at the book of Zechariah, once again, in chapter 1, we see God's mighty angels at work prophetically. But you also taught through uh, the minor prophets before. And I would love for you to start taking us through Zechariah chapter 1. That would be fantastic. Well, I agree with you. Zechariah is one of the major Old Testament books about Bible prophecy in the end times. Most people think Revelation in the New Testament and right. Daniel in the Old. But Zechariah, it really does give Daniel a run for his money when it comes to revealing so many details about the end times. Absolutely. And that's why when we look at this incredible book in the Minor Prophets, we're opening up this brand new series. Uh, again, they're looking at this wonderful book and... Uh, we're going to open it up and encourage those of you that are watching and listening, follow along with us and learn what the Lord would have for you here. So, Nathan, would you be able to take us through the first verses there in the book of Zechariah? Sure. Yeah, let's uh, start reading and then uh, I'll give you some background information if you think that will help. Absolutely. So, verse 1 goes, In the eighth month of the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, the son of Edo, the prophet, saying, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers, and therefore say to them, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. And do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets preached, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, Turn now from your evil ways and your evil deeds, that they did not hear me, says the Lord. Mm. Your fathers, where are they? And the prophets, do they live forever? Yet surely my words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, didn't they not overtake your fathers? So they returned and said, Just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so has he dealt with us. Hmm. Wow, that's a very powerful passage. Nathan, approximately when was this written? And I notice here there's a reference to Darius, much like in the book of Daniel. Yeah, and it's funny too because if you start Zechariah, you're like, well, here it is again. <laughs> More of the minor prophets sitting there. 
saying, hey, you know, you disobeyed and God's going to punish you. And, and I think that's why a lot of people don't get through the minor prophets. It's mm. wow, it's just constantly God getting angry at people all the time. People just they can't seem to get their lives together and, and it's such a mess. And it does start that way, but it's a very different scenario than yes. a lot of the other minor prophets. Now, Zechariah and Haggai are both minor prophets that work together. Haggai likely being quite older, a very old man, and Zechariah being a very young man. And so uh, that's a little bit about the two. So if you want to read the two books, that's the best way to do it, is read them in conjunction because one complements the other. Mm, Excellent point. I really love that. And we find that oftentimes we would have individuals... uh, proclaiming the truth of God in the north and in the south to the different tribes. And uh, here we notice that this lines up because people are familiar with the uh, Medes and the Persians, right, Nathan, the Babylonian Empire. And this is taking place around that era. It is. Uh, Well, let's go back a little bit to the year 586 B.C. And that's when the mighty Nebuchadnezzar, who was the king of the Babylonian Empire, he laid siege to Jerusalem. Matter of fact, his army succeeded in devastating both the city and the temple, and then he marched off most of the inhabitants of Judah. They were weeping and wailing all the way down up to Babylon. And that was in fulfillment of God's promise to the prophets that he would exile the people of Judah if they unceasingly rebelled against him. Right. And they never repented for their wickedness. So God finally did what he'd been saying through the prophets for generations. You disobey, you're evil. And uh, you know you're going to be exiled, and that's right. what happened. And during this time, while the Jewish people were in Babylon, which is modern-day Iraq, the land of Israel was left to the remaining poorest of the poor, and it fell into a decades-long slumber. And the land was just left pretty much desolate. So let's move forward. Then we're now 538 BC. It's been 50 years since Jerusalem was destroyed. And the Jewish people in exile, they tried to make a living up there in Babylon. But, you know, you try to be an exiled people hmm. underneath the rule of somebody right. else. They were second-class citizens, and many politicians were always trying to annihilate them. So they wanted a homeland again. Well, the Babylonian Empire fell to the Medo-Persian Empire. The right. Persians would be today Iran. And when a new regime was installed, a new king, Cyrus the Great, came and brother Cyrus is called the mighty prince of Persia. Woo! And there's reason for that. You know, it, it, this is a, a very exciting... There is. This is a very exciting... Hold I'm sorry? Oh, no, what I'm saying... Say? I lost you there for a second. Yeah, no, I'm saying I love the title, the, the mighty prince of Persia. Yeah, I mean, that was his title. Hey, if you're called the great, you must be doing something pretty good. Right? <laughs> he wasn't Cyrus the pretty good. He was Cyrus the great. <laughs> Now, if you read the book of Ezra, he was a historian right. and a priest, and he would write about Cyrus. He was the very first, in the very first year's king, God moved on Cyrus' heart to favor the Jewish people. Yeah. So Cyrus wrote a proclamation, which the Bible calls an edict, that would allow the Jewish captives to return to Jerusalem. And their mission was to rebuild the temple to Yahweh, and even Cyrus would provide money from his own treasury for this to happen. Now, this is a fulfillment, brother, and I get this, of a prophecy written 150 years old wow. earlier by the prophet Isaiah. And Isaiah prophesied that one day, and he called him a shepherd of God, and even used the name Cyrus. Cyrus wasn't born yet, 150 years earlier. He yeah. used the name Cyrus, would grant permission to the Jewish people to return from the exile and rebuild. And you can find that in Isaiah 44 and 45. In fact, the prophet Jeremiah decades earlier, also had the same prophecy in chapters 25 and 29. Now, 
This is amazing because Cyrus, a man who was named 150 years before wow. he came on the scene, God said he would create an edict so the Jewish people could return and rebuild the temple in Israel. This is, this is amazing because this means that we are getting near the end of the 70 years of exile that were told or foretold to Daniel that would befall the Jewish people for their disobedience. And Nathan, we see how Bible prophecy just lines up. And that's why we believe that people also need to be good students of, of history, right? Because a lot of history clearly uh, uh, depicts all of what we're saying here. It does. It does. It, it, it's amazing that I mean, everything that God says happens because he knows how it ends. Y yes. And again, all of human history is over with. And the Bible just records history, basically, even though it's future to us, it's history to God. Mm. Now, the Jewish people, bear in mind that to make this trek from Babylon back to Jerusalem, a home that most of these people never knew they were born in Babylon, <clears throat> it would take 900 miles over four months. And so that you're talking about wow. leaving your homeland. Brother, you left your homeland, right, and came yes. to the New World? Absolutely. I came from the Dominican Republic. My parents brought me here around 1976, and I understand the change, you know, uh, being coming from one place to a totally new location, learning the culture, and sometimes it can be a culture shock. I, I can't imagine what you must have gone through, brother, because uh, you didn't even know English, did you? No, not at all. I didn't speak a word of English, Nathan. The only uh, word I think I knew how to say was chimney, and that's about it. <laughs> funny that you remember that particular word. I, I know. But yeah, Nathan, I didn't speak the language. I had to learn the language, the culture, uh, the, the challenges that go with that, you know, understanding culture and then, then understanding you. So it's it can be a very challenging thing. Well, I think, too, of the pilgrims who came, they separated from the Church of England in the 1600s, and they wanted to go to a new home where there would be no persecution and they traveled across the ocean and in the Mayflower, and they came to the right. United States. Many died of sickness and disease and starvation, and yet they formed a new country. And, and that's what it is to these Jewish people, even though uh, the Jewish people are extremely good at keeping traditions and their culture, yes. even in foreign lands. A lot of them have been born in Babylon. They, I mean, only the oldest, like Haggai, had been around to see the temple before it was destroyed by the Babylonians. So. We're talking about a, a group of people who are returning to a homeland that they never really knew. And unfortunately, many of the Jews did not want to leave Babylon. Uh, Ezra 2 records that only 200,000 people put their faith in God and signed up for this journey. Now, I, I make that point because one of those people was a little boy named Zechariah. Mm. I love that. And we see God's plan, right, Nathan, throughout the ages uh, for God's people and prophets. And we see uh, he sets them apart. And uh, he's, the, the whole time the, the, the clock is moving prophetically, God is preparing his prophets in different time zones to come and pro proclaim the good news. And I think you mentioned something important in verse 2. It says, the Lord has been very angry with your fathers and it's in a number of times i recorded there the same thing where he's talking about your fathers in verse five your fathers were they where were they and the prophets do they live forever and it was almost like he was saying he that, that as they were going to be uh, disobedient god was going to be graceful he would send more prophets and zechariah god was preparing him for that as well 
Absolutely right. Matter of fact, uh, one of the major players that you see in the book of Zechariah is a man named Zerubbabel, which is quite a mouthful, but <laughs> he was uh, to be the governor over this new administrative district. It's a satrapy, is what the Persians called it. Judah had been renamed Abar Nahara, which means beyond the river. And Zerubbabel was a direct descendant of King David. In other words, he deserved to be on the throne. Yes. But man, you and I, as, as we read through the Old Testament, we see that every other king, uh, the descendant of David, was evil and uh, led the people into wickedness. And God wanted someone in charge of the Jewish people, a ruler mm-hmm. over them, who loved him with all their heart. And that is Zerubbabel. We'll be really, as we go through Zechariah, shocked at what a heart Zerubbabel has. Now, bear in mind, he's a governor, not a king now. And he's been given a high priest, a gentleman named Joshua, which we'll also see through Zechariah. But these two men, along with Haggai and Zechariah, will lead the people to have a heart for the Lord. And brother, I love the book of Zechariah because the heart yeah. of the people is very different than the heart of their predecessors in other minor prophet books because they have been humbled by the exile. And when they sin, and that's what we're seeing here when Zechariah 1 opens, we're seeing the people in sin. But how they respond to the prophets and the call is going to be vastly different than we saw with previous prophets. Excellent point. And Nathan, you you, you made a good point, and it's that of the humbling of a nation. And I really believe, you know, that time is coming for the United States of America and some of these uh, nations that they've lifted themselves up as if they were God. And sometimes a humbling experience is good, right? <laughs> it is. And, and a constant reminder of the people's sins were around them. When the Jewish people the 200,000 finally got down to Jerusalem. Brother, they were shocked. Jerusalem was had been abandoned for over 50 years. Uh, it looked like a charred ruins. Uh, the Samaritan people now had taken over the land. The Samaritans, whatever leftover Jews, had intermarried with Gentiles who had moved into the area. They were squatting on the land. And so the Samaritans were like a mixed blood of Jew and mm. Gentile. And they didn't want 200,000 Jewish people showing up. And so they constantly made life difficult for them, and they saw the temple, which was the was supposed to be the home of God, burned to the ground, and here they were supposed to build a new temple, but man, they did not have the money that Solomon did. So they begin this, this temple, and it's very depressing. It, it looks terrible. Uh, they just don't have the money. They build the foundation, and then what happens is that the Samaritans, who want to stop the construction process, there's a new king in town up in Persia. They get the construction stopped, saying, oh, the Jewish people are going to build a rebellion against them, right. and the Jewish people have to stop rebuilding. So immediately despair sets in. And so they give up on God's home, and they go off, and they build their own houses, and they try mm-hmm. to grow their own crops. And But no matter what they try to grow, very little food is produced. So they are constantly surrounded by memories of the sin of their forefathers. But now they're creating a new sin. Do you know what their new sin is? Probably idols and other gods, Nathan. (laughs) Believe it or not, no, man. We've been reading through the Minor Prophets. That was a huge problem with the Jewish people. But God said that by exiling Jewish people, they would never pursue an idol again. And that's exactly what happened. When the Jewish people came back, they had only one God, and it was Yahweh God. Praise the Lord. The problem is, is that they were supposed to rebuild the temple, and they stopped. And they gave up on God's house and concentrated on their own homes. Mm. And as a result of that, the crops, their, their food, their lives produce very little. 
And brother, I think that is totally applicable to us today. Yes. Because when we yes. do not focus on God and we said focus on ourselves, what we produce will produce very little spiritually. Mm. Sure, it might do well financially or socially, but the spiritual fruits kind of dry up. And so we need to seek his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you, as the Bible says. Man. So this is what's happening with the people. And this now, Zechariah is a little older, and he is calling out to the people along with Haggai, which you can read the same thing in Haggai, mm-hmm. to call on the people to stop concentrating on building their own lives and focus on God first, and then God would bless them with the bounty they were seeking. Excellent. You know, Nathan, and that is so true, and there's so many people that even today, like you said, it's applicable, where they focus so much on their kingdom, on their thing, on their houses, and when it comes to the spiritual temple, when it comes to the things of the Lord, they always take that for granted and sort of put it in the back burner. And it's so funny, Nathan, we just bought our new location here after 12 years, and we're actually rebuilding it. And that was one of the challenges that I put forth to our congregation. Hey, let's now focus on the house of the Lord so that we can all benefit from having a place where the truth of God is going to be taught. And that's why that temple was so important, right? It was. It was. It set up Jerusalem as the, again, the religious center of the world. And the Samaritans knew that. Now, Cyrus, I wouldn't say that he was a believer in Yahweh. He was a polytheist, but he did not want to anger any of the gods, so he respected all of them as uh, our biblical archaeology shows. And so he wasn't there to worship Yahweh, but he wanted the Jewish people to build the temple so that Yahweh would not be angered against them. He, he hedged his bets with all the gods, basically. Mm. And uh, so, yeah, uh, he understood the importance of giving credit due. And the Jewish people understood the importance of the temple, that the temple was there to be the religious center, their, their cultural center. Without it, they did not exist really as a people. And brother, I, I totally agree. In our context as Christians, without the church, without being the center of our worship, yeah. or where the family meets and, and bonds are, are formed, then Christians are out there by themselves without a real Christian culture to share with people. You know, we're not as Christians islands. We're meant to be a, a, a unified body in Christ. Excellent point. And you know, Nathan, I enjoy doing these programs, but I enjoy them so much more doing them with you, right? <laughs> so yeah. there's, there's power in unity, and that's why the body of Christ is the same way. We all are blessed when each other's gifts and talents are being used. Exactly, exactly. Now, I, what I love about, there's a little uh, play on words, I guess you could say, with Zachariah's name. Now, it's interesting that Zachariah... We're now at this point, we even know the date, August of 520 B.C. The temple project has been shut down now for, for 16 years. Zechariah is now finally a man. And it's interesting that his name, Zechariah, means whom Yahweh remembers. Wow. Now, he's the son of Berechiah, which means Yahweh blesses. And he's the son of Edo, which meant the appointed time. So you put those three names together, and Zechariah, who is from a priestly lineage, would become, their names would become the living embodiment of God's new message, which is this. This is the meaning of the name. God remembers and blesses at the appointed time. And that's exactly what verse 1, <laughs> chapter 1, verse 1 says. The appointed time wow. finally comes. That is amazing, Nathan. I didn't even know that. That is, it's almost uh, the prophecies there regarding, um, uh, you know, the flood that was coming, right, Nathan? And, and, and the meaning there uh, of... Uh, 
of Methuselah, uh, the, the, the judgment to come, and then you have, uh, you know, uh, I really love what you just brought out. I think this is so cool because sometimes God speaks prophetically through people's names and those prophets that they're sending. So that is so excellent. Right, right. Just, just to kind of point out, if folks don't know what you're, what you're referring to there, is pre-flood times, if you go from Adam to Noah, the meaning of the names add up to a warning, right? Yes. Actually, I love that. Yeah. And here we got then Zechariah's family names, and God remembers and blesses at the appointed time. And bear in mind, now we've got almost 70 years that the Jewish people have been in exile, and they're waiting for God to remember and bless. The people are depressed, brother. I mean, this right. is about as bleak as they've got. They've made this huge journey away from the only home they've known in Babylon to a, a run-down, destroyed nation. They can't build their temple because the new Persian king after Cyrus wouldn't allow it. They're, they're living in hovels. The food isn't wow. being produced. And they're thinking that God has forgotten them mm. and has no longer blessed them. And here you then get Zechariah, whose family name means God remembers yes. and blesses at the appointed time. Brother, Zechariah was created for that point in time. Man, I love it. And you know, Nathan, that what a word of encouragement you just placed for those people living today, that God has not forgotten about them. There's people listening to this program, they're tuned into this program, and maybe the enemy has lied to them, and they really feel like outcast and forgotten. But that's not the case, right, Nathan? God loves them. He has a plan for them. And if they're listening and they're watching right now, it's because God has brought them into remembrance. Well, I think we need to go back to uh, both the Zechariah and Haggai and what their message was here. Again, the people were, were not concentrating in God's house. They were concentrating on their own house. So yes. Haggai in 1.4 says, Is it time for you yourselves to mm. dwell in your paneled houses and this temple to lie in ruins? Consider your ways. Mm. And then Zechariah chimes in, The wow. Lord has been very angry with your fathers in one two. And Haggai says, You looked for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, it blew away. And Haggai 1 9. In other words, you're trying to do this on your own without God's help. Mm-hmm. And then Zechariah reports on what God says with God's final ultimatum. He says, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you. And I think that message wow. is applicable for us today because that means that when we turn yes. away from God, then He seems far from us. But when we draw close to God, that's when it seems like he draws near. So in your life, if you feel that God's distant, it could be more that you're the one who's distant and you need to return to God for him to draw close to you again. Ooh, what, an, what an excellent message, Nathan. And it is a message of repentance. It's a message of God's love. And here in the book of Zechariah, is very applicable for today. And listen, you that have just tuned in, again, you're tuning to The Truth Will Set You Free, Bible Prophecy, TV, Radio Edition, Vic Batista, Nathan Jones, as we're looking at the book of Zechariah, but also a message of encouragement and repentance. And if you look at your life today and you recognize that maybe you also have focused more on other things other than God, today will be a great opportunity for you to turn around and to say, God, forgive me. God, I want to make you first in my life. And if you don't know Jesus personally, I want to invite you right now from wherever you are to open your heart to the Lord with a simple prayer by calling on the name of the Lord. The Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved right nathan jones and every week nathan you give us an opportunity to be able to share the gospel with people and lead them to christ and i was going to ask you nate now that you just share the wonderful message of repentance if maybe you can share with that person tune in how they can start the relationship with the lord right now well the way that people responded to haggai and zechariah's message that is how we should respond 
AEI 112 records, the people feared the presence of the Lord. Yes. And when he says fear there, that means also respect. And then Zechariah 1.6 says, the people responded, just as the Lord of hosts determined to do to us according to our ways and according to our deeds, so has he dealt with us. In other words, the people feared and honored the Lord. They knew that they had sinned, and so they turned back to God and obeyed him. And we see here in Zechariah, the Jewish people start rebuilding the temple, whether they have permission from the Persians or not. Brother, we need to do just that. We know that we have sinned. We need to turn to Jesus Christ. We need to ask for forgiveness of our sins. We need to declare him the Lord of our life. And he promises that he will come and save us from our sins. He will take the punishment for our sins upon himself. And when we put our faith in him, we will be saved. Mm, awesome. Thank you so much, Nathan Jones. And maybe you have trusted in Christ. You're tuned into this program and you trust the Christ, as we say here in the last hour, or the last minute. We want to hear from you. Give us a call, 305-992-9537 or 321-END-TIME, 321-363-8463. And we would love to uh, pray with you and give you more information regarding this wonderful relationship that you have just started with the Lord. So we're very excited for you, and we thank you for uh, coming to Christ. And Nathan, that is, you know, what an incredible book. I mean, here we are just at the opening of the book, and already we see so much. And I'm so excited uh, for the rest of the chapters, Nathan, as we open this up in our next uh, programs. I am too, brother, because we saw people that seemed defeated and depressed. Now, yes. given new hope, they understand what their sin was, they've repented, and then Haggai one thirteen says, that God says, I am with you. Brother, if you've given your life to Jesus Christ, then you know, without a shadow of a doubt, I, God, am with you. Woo! What a word of encouragement. In Matthew chapter 28, Jesus closes by saying he would never leave you, never forsake you, he's going to be with you. So Nathan, thank you so much for introducing us to the opening of the book of Zechariah. As once again, we see God's mighty angels at work and this incredible uh, back to the prophetic future event. And I'm looking forward, Nathan, to next week's program. I pray that you can join me again, huh? I am looking forward to it. I think it's <laughs> awesome you want to cover the book of Zechariah. Well, and thank you for joining me, Nathan. It's always a pleasure to have you on. I pray you have a wonderful, wonderful week. We also want to thank those of you that have been tuned into the program. Thank you for tuning in. We ran out of time for this segment of our program, but we want to encourage you to once again next week tune in. Same bad time, same bad channel. May the Lord bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. Have a wonderful week. <laughs>